0: This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Praise God. Let's, Let's go in prayer. Father, we honor you this morning, and I thank you, Father, for your mercy, for your goodness. I ask that you make my tongue as a pen of a ray writer speaking your words. Father, think through my mind, speak through my lips your very words, and give us hearing ears to hear what your spirit is saying. In Jesus' name amen. Well, this the topic this month is love. And I don't know about you, but I've been tested so much in love this month. Uh, has anybody been tested in love? Yeah. My God. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I'm going to preach on love again, <laughs> but I've been being tested on love and I know you're, you're being tested on love. And I think the main key, and we're going to talk about love uh, today and We're going to talk about another part of love. And I'm going to go over some of the old stuff, uh, what I have went over before, because we forget and we need to, you know, and I'm always adding more to it. So the message just keeps getting better and better. Amen. Amen. (laughs) And uh, but I'm telling you, we got to be patient people. Amen. Because love is patient. And, uh, you know, if you don't lose your patience, you won't lose your love. And, you know, we've been endeavoring, we've been building out our garage as a, um, as a, uh, a office. So, and that's been taking way, way, way too long. And that should have been done at the end of this, uh, at the end of last year. I was thinking we could have it done in a month, but uh, it's, it's, it's about ready to be finished up. So we'll be able to do some things at my house. So, um, you know, we've got to be patient. Amen? Amen. Somebody say, love is patient. Love. Amen. So, uh, you know, the first week we, we talked about love and we talked about the that that one of the greatest aspects of love is compassion. And, you know, and we found out that, you know, God revealed himself to Moses as a God of mercy. And, I mean, he could have revealed himself as a God of justice. He could have revealed himself as a are, are you hearing what I'm saying? He could have revealed himself in a lot of different ways. Uh, the God of power. But, uh, you know, to Moses and, and Moses, you know, spoke with God. You know, even the scripture says, uh, you know, as a man would speak to another man face to face. So 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 Moses had an incredible relationship with God. And, you know, that's old covenant. You know, you can have that incredible relation with God today because we're in a new covenant. We have the Holy Spirit and and that 's going to be the key, you know the key to us walking in the love of God and is walking with god amen it's it 's developing your relationship with the Lord and I believe the more intimate you get with God, the more of his attributes going to be upon you amen and God somebody say God is love, god is love. and we talked about the first week as if we talked about, you know, compassion and, and how God is compassionate, but, but God is love and, and God the God kind of love is, is called agape love. And that's the highest form of love. Amen. And, you know, with agape love, you don't have to have external circumstances working for it to work. In other words, if we're going to walk in the agape love of God, we, it, everything doesn't have to be Perfect. You see, see, in the natural love, everything has to work for it to work. Are you hear what I'm saying? Your spouse has to be nice to you. Everything, you know, everybody at work has to be nice. There, there can't be any backstabbing or backbiting or, any, you know, I, for, 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 for natural love to work, you know, natural love wants reciprocation. That's right. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? If if you're doing something nice for somebody, you're expecting them to do something nice for you, right? That's natural love. But agape love, it it, it goes a little higher than that. And this is a love that we all can attain to. And it's a love that's not not contingent on what somebody else does. Amen. It's a higher form of love. You know, the Bible actually said why we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Why we were still unlovely, God still loved us. Amen. And so, you, and so that kind of love, it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And we need to be studying that all the time. Love is patient and love is kind. Amen. And, and, and love does not harbor ill will or bitterness. And love is not, this is one that I always have to look at. Love is not easily offended. You know, Can I say that again? Love is not easily offended. How many people can get offended real easy in here? Amen. I'm telling you, I was preparing myself yesterday to work out at a gym, and uh, I haven't worked out, you know, I have a membership to this particular gym, and uh, that gym has a, a sauna and a hot tub and a jacuzzi, and I was timing it just right so I could get in there. And, uh, and they close at seven, but, and, and yesterday I got there at five 15 and when I walked in, she said, we close at six and, you know, it normally takes me 30, 40 minutes to work out and I had it all timed. And, and so, w- w- you know, I had to respond in love. I failed the test. <laughs> I failed the test. I said, when, when did you guys start closing us? When did you start cutting my benefits to my membership? I didn't say it that way, but that's how I felt. And, uh, and she said, Well, we'd started that, you know, at the first of the year. And I said, Why didn't you send emails out? Let us let your members know. And, um uh, so it wasn't her fault. She's not the one, but, you know, all, you know, you want to dump on somebody, right? But, you know, she's not corporate. She's just there to take the blunt of, of, you know, the criticism of, of what the corporations are doing. Amen. And so, listen, a lot of times we want to blame people and we want to make them you know the person that we need to yell at but it's really the corporations a lot of times there's other people involved that's that's pushing buttons and turning switches on and turning them off. And, you know, I tried to prepare myself because, I, you know, I, I said, OK, I'm going to try to walk in love. So I try to prepare myself. What if for some reason, because sometimes the jacuzzi's down or whatever, what if it's down? And I think the Lord is trying to prepare me. And I said, well, I'm going to walk in love. But it's really hard. So it's hard just to muster that up. How do, how, do we, how do we walk in the love of God? We got to develop a relationship with the Lord. We have to de- develop a relationship with Him. Amen? You know, in Genesis, you know, when we think about that the love of God was cut off after Adam and Eve sinned, but really it wasn't cut off then. You know, God still loved man. And a lot of times we think now, you know, it's all a bunch of rules. No, Yeah, there are rules and regulations to love, but God doesn't want us to live like that. Um, and so with um, Adam and Eve, you know, when they when they failed and they ate the fruit, what happened was they did get kicked out. But before they got kicked out of the garden and that was really to protect them because they, they didn't get a chance to eat from the tree of knowledge of uh, 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 the tree of life which would have kept men in a perpetual state of death. Amen? So God had to get them out of the garden so they wouldn't eat of that fruit of life. life. Amen? In other words, so that we could be redeemed. Glory to God. So it wasn't God being mad. It was was God's mercy kicking them out. It was His mercy getting them out of the garden so they wouldn't partake of that tree of life which would keep man in a perpetual state of death. Amen? And so, uh, you know, And then, you know, with Adam and Eve, they had Cain and Abel, and God was so merciful with Cain. You know, I don't know if I would have been as merciful with Cain, but God came to Cain because Cain was upset about about an offering that Abel gave, and and God came to Cain. You know, Cain wasn't predisposed to be evil. He he chose to harden his heart against God. And so Cain, uh, you know, uh, God came to Cain and said to Cain, Cain, you know, you're 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 upset, sin is is at your door, and sin wants to have you, but 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 you can master this. And God's tried to speak to Cain and and you all know that story, and and Cain went ahead and killed his brother. But even though he did kill his brother, God came back to Cain and said to Cain, Cain, you know, your your the blood of your, your brother's crying from the ground. And uh, and and so he said to Cain, you know, now the ground won't produce the strength. The thing that you love to do uh, will be a difficult task now because Cain was a, a, a farmer. And but he said also, you know, that that um, that you'll be a vagabond. You'll be a wanderer on the earth. And this is part, part of the curse. And see, when we don't obey God and we don't walk in love, the curse can come in. And I don't want any curse in my life. I don't want any curse in your life. And listen, to, to, to maintain, you know, the blessing of God on your life, you got to walk in love. Amen. Thank you for those three amens. You, to, to, to maintain the blessings of God in your life, we have to walk in love. Amen. 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 And Cain, you know, chose to walk in anger and resentment and bitterness. But even though, you know, Cain said it was too hard, this, this, this punishment, it was way too hard. He, he was speaking to God and, and, and God said, listen, and, and Cain said, somebody's going to try to kill me because of this. And God said, listen, I'm going to put a mark on you that, that will divinely protect you from somebody killing you. Think about this. You know, I, if I was God, I would have said, well, that's your tough luck. <laughs> you know, you killed a- Abel, a good man. Are oh, you hearing what I'm saying today? I mean, I would have said, well, you know, that's what you that you, you reap what you sow. But but God, it, you know, has mercy. Yes, He does. Somebody say, God has, mercy. God has mercy. mercy. And even though that we mess up, and even though that we we miss it, God still is merciful. Even though that we, you know, you hear that saying, you know, well, you made your bed, you got to sleep in it, Right. But, you know, God will help us when we mess up. And he was helping, uh, you know, Cain, you know, even live, live a decent life. You know, the Bible actually says this way, that the rain, God's goodness, falls on the just and the unjust. Amen. On the good and the wicked. Amen. Amen? In other words, you know, you know, this, as I always say, you know, some people will say some people that don't know God they and they they that encountered some problems in this life, and I've said this before, but some will say that this is hell on earth. They don't know what hell is like. No, this is the in between place. You can have a hellish day and you can have a, a a heavenly days, and I believe that God wants us to experience both. So, so that we know the difference. Amen? amen. How do you know what's good until you, until you encountered something evil? That's right. So we need to know the difference between good and evil. And I, and I believe that, that we're here and we're being trained. Amen. To, to, to live in eternity with, with God in heaven. Amen. And so, you know, one of the greatest stories, I think, on, on love is, is the good, it's called the Good Samaritan. And it's in Luke 10, 25 and 37. And we're just going to read this because I think it's, it's, it's powerful. And, it, and it's, uh, it starts off with verse 25. It says here in Luke 10, 25 and 37, New King James. It says here, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up to test him, saying, Teacher, now to test Jesus, what shall, uh, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, What, what is written in the law? What is your reading of it? And the answer said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said unto him, you have answered rightly. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself and said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Then Jesus answered and said, a certain man went down to Jerusalem and Jericho and, and he fell among thieves who stripped him of clothing, wounded him, departing, leaving him half dead. Now, by a chance, a certain priest came down the road. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Think about that. A priest. You think somebody, that, a person that would try to help somebody. He passed by on the other side. On the other side, but a certain and then uh, uh, likewise, Levite when he arrived in a place came and looked and passed by on the other side, but a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was and when he when he saw him, he had compassion. Notice that he had compassion, and he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine. And he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, took care of him. On the next day when he departed, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper and said to him, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was the neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, He who showed mercy to him. Then Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. So we see here, a lot of times we believe that our neighbor is just our neighbor that in our neighborhood. Or maybe our neighbor is just the person that we sit next to at church. But but Jesus puts it to a higher level. He says our neighbor is somebody that we see in trouble. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? And that we extend the mercy of God's hand to them to help them and to bless them. Amen. And we notice here it was some, you know, religion... Can only go so far. The Levite and the Pharisee and, and, and pass by, but you know. But but I believe Jesus. You know, Jesus was considered. You know, um, I, I you know he he's hundred percent God, hundred percent man. And I believe he was putting himself in this story as a Samaritan that was that was coming from a long journey. In other words, Jesus is that Samaritan that helps people get back on the right track. And I'm going to say this to you today, that you are God's hands. You are God's feet. You are God's body. And if people don't see Jesus in us, they won't see Jesus. And we need to be the people. We need to be like that good Samaritan. We need to be that person that when we see somebody, you know, you you may not have money to help somebody, but you can pray for somebody you can give a good word for somebody you you know it's not always about giving money out to people He's not always trying to do that. It's about trying to be kind to people. Amen? Trying to be a blessing to people. And see, and that's, and that's really our neighbor. You know, the, the person that's in need. The per, you know, when, when we start praying, God, use me, use me. Normally, uh, how many people pray that prayer? God, I, I want you to use me in a mighty way. He will always bring somebody that has a need. Amen? Amen? And then that gives us the opportunity to to help somebody. And it, that's why I said, you know, if we're going to have passion and we talked about passion last week, uh, first, we have to have compassion. Uh, but, but to have passion, we have to have that desire uh, to, to help somebody no matter what the cost. And so we're talking about the love and we're talking about having the love of Jesus this morning. And 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 I'm telling you, when we see the the thing that we fight most of all as Christians is selfishness is self-centeredness is about us, about me, you know, about, you know, that that Samaritan, what was was he was either on a business trip. He had some things he had to take care of. Because he, he, he brought, I mean, he, he took some time out of his day to help this person. And, and we, need, we need to understand that when we start doing that, then we're doing the works of Jesus. And, that, and, and not only will we be expanding the kingdom of God for, for God, but we will be expanding our own kingdom in heaven. Amen. So, so, so the second point is that we need to be a passionate people. And I talked about last week that passion comes from prayer and, and personal and corporate and personal corporate community with God and man. I'm going to say this, that that for us to get passionate, uh, you're going to have to you're going to have to love something and hate something else. I mean, this you I, you may say, Pastor, I don't think you're supposed to hate anything. You sh, you should hate sin. Amen. Yeah. Uh, are you here? I know you. Some of you are about ready to say, "Pastor, no, we're supposed to." Walk. Yeah, but you should hate sin. Amen. You should hate anything that would divide you from God. Amen. You should. Ha- you should hate lawlessness. Amen. Hello, I'm preaching, nah, I'm preaching today. Amen. You, you there? There's a, you, you. You should. You should hate lies. Amen. Untruth. Because what the devil is, he, you know, he, what, he, what he uses against mankind and what he uses against us as Christians is deception. You should hate deception. Amen. That's one of my prayers that I want to walk in truth. Amen. I don't want to walk in any deception or any deceit. I want to be a man that walks in truth. Amen. I want truth. I don't want to live in a fantasy world. Amen. I don't want to be sticking my head in the sand and not looking at truth. And see, when you come to church, a lot of times some people don't want to come to church because they don't want to encounter truth. Right. Why? Because truth can cause us to change. Thank you, Lord. And God doesn't want us staying the same. Amen. He wants us going from faith to faith, Amen. from glory to glory. Amen. And he wants us changing. Yes. In other words, he wants us to become more like Jesus. Are yes. oh, you hearing what I'm saying today, yes. saints? And so, so, so we need to have, we, we need to have, uh, you know, you know, listen, how many people like to get out of debt and out of here? Anybody in debt? Well, you got to hate debt. You got to hate it with a passion because if you don't hate debt, if you just kind of just live with it and you coddle it and you baby it, you don't hate it. And you're still using your credit card. Hello. Just say, I love, you, I love you, Pastor. You don't hate it enough. You know, one man said, you've got to cut those credit cards up, man. Because MasterCard will become your master. Oh, you hearing what I'm saying to you? You've got, you got to come to a point where you hate. You know, I came to a point a few weeks back where I hated being under a landlord. And I said, we've got to have our own place. I just got to that point. I said, I'm willing to do almost anything. Short of sinning, of course. To get 7 Are you hearing what I'm saying? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You've got to get passionate. You've got to be willing to give up some things. you got to be. Are you hearing? You might have to be willing to cut the credit card up. Wear last year's styles. Amen. That's right. If I'm talking to the right group today. Amen. See, the reason why you're not out of some of these things because you don't hate it enough. The reason why sin, a little bit of sin is still in our lives is because we don't hate that sin enough. Can I just sit back and have a little bit of coffee right now? <laughs> While you meditate on that. But anyway, we got we to... Got we gotta hate it. Amen? Amen. We gotta hate sin. We gotta hate debt. Debt is a curse. Amen. That's why we're believing for debt-free building. It's Amen. a curse. We don't, want it. we don't want debt over our, our lives. Amen. Amen. So we gotta be passionate. I want to give you a key for, for staying passionate that I didn't hit on last week. And I think it's worth hitting on. And I believe passion is fueled by vision. Can I say that again? Passion is fueled by vision. And a lot of times we can get excited about the things of God and we can get excited about what he's doing. And and the key to passion is prayer, right? And in prayer, God, God speaks to us and we speak to him. And hopefully in prayer, God is opening our eyes of our heart to see greater things, what he wants for us. And he and he gives us a vision. And when he gives us that vision, then we can run on vision. And see, and the reason why we don't stay passionate, because we don't keep our eyes on the ball. We don't keep our eyes on the vision. We lose sight of the vision. Does anybody know what I'm talking about today? In Proverbs 29, 18, it says where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keeps the law happy is he. It actually says where there's no prophetic vision. And you got to get a vision. You got to get a vision that God wants you debt free. You got to get a vision that God wants you healthy. You got to get a vision that God wants you to have good relations. You got to have a vision. And then that's what pushes us. That that pushes past, you know, if you're going to, listen, if you're going to have a body like mine, you're going to have to push through the pain zone. Are you hear what I'm saying to you today? you got, you, you, you got to be able to endure some pain. The reason why people people don't look, uh, you know, pe- bodybuilders, you know, the the the, the fitness models, they got to push through the pain zone, and if you can't make it through the pain zone. You're not going to the pain zone, and that works with anything that we uh, endeavor to try to accomplish with God. We got to push through the, the pain zone. What helps us to push through the vision? Jesus. The vision. The vision in a back of two, it says, I will stand my watch in back of two, one, three, one through three. I will stand upon my watch and sit uh, and set me upon a tower and I'll watch to see what he will say to me. Saying He's saying that, that I'm going to stand, I'm going to pray. What he's saying is I'm going to pray and see what the Lord will say to me and I will answer when I'm reproved. In other words. A lot of times when I get with God, uh, I I love for God to say, man, you're just doing a great job. But but if there's areas in my life I need correction, I want God to talk to me about it. If there's things that's not working in my life, I I want a word of correction to come into my life. Why? So I can get in that place of blessing. And so right here he's saying, he's saying, I'll see what, what I will answer when I'm approved. And then he says this, and the Lord answered me, verse 2, and said, write the vision and make it plain uh, on tablets that he may run that reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time uh, that it, it, it shall, it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, for it surely shall come to pass. So. You know, you know, you got to you got to write down a vision. You got to get that vision before you. I'm telling you, we have a vision of owning our own building. And, you know, that vision just just woke up in me about six weeks ago. And I'm telling you, I'm not going to rest until we get our own building. Are you hear what I'm saying to you today? And, and say, you know, in other words, the vision will push you to to move forward In what God is calling us to do. And it will give us the passion. It will actually sustain you. Through the process. Amen. You know Jesus was passionate. Because he ran on vision. And it says in Hebrews 12. It says let us run our race. And let us you know. Let us you know whatever that sin. That so easily besets us. Let's get rid of that sin. And it says here looking unto Jesus. That is the author and finisher of our faith. See, we we run our race by keeping our eyes on Jesus. We run our race by by seeing what Jesus has done. And see, and it says here, for the joy that was set before him, Jesus, and he endured the cross, despised his shame, and he had sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. How was Jesus able to, to encounter the cross? How was he able to do that? He was able to see us. Past the cross. He was able to see uh, uh, his family that, that, that he died for. He died for you and he died for me. And he saw himself already sitting at the right hand of the throne of the Father. Amen. As the King of Glory. As, as, as uh, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And he's our Lord and he's our King. And he was able to endure that because he had the vision of us. Glory to God. When Jesus was on the cross, you and me was on His mind. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Do you believe that today? Yes. And so He was able to, to to go see past that, and for us to to be able to endure the pain, we have to see past that pain and and be focused on the vision that God has for each one of us. Amen. Yes. And so the uh, and and so. So Eros was the second part that I preached on. And Eros is the passion side of the relationship. Just Let me just throw in a little tidbit. If you're married, have at least one date night a, a week if you can. But if you can't do a week, at least one, once a month. How many, how many married couples have a date night in here? Uh, we've got a couple of week amens. <laughs> My God, have a date night you know we got you gotta you gotta keep dating your spouse you know i, I actually you know I, I you know I did something nice for my wife I, I bought her some flowers on the fourteenth. No special day or anything, you know <laughs> Got her flowers got her got her a cheesecake you know I, are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Got her a card? from the dollar store whatever it takes and it was, a, it was actually from Dollar General and I was surprised they were selling two for a dollar I said man I, can, I think I can find a card for my wife and it was a good card Dollar General I didn't know they had cards my mom was in there and my mom said let's go to Dollar General I, didn't, I was going to sit in the car you know how those guys love shopping right Mom said, why don't you come in to the Dollar General? You know, you never know what you can find at Dollar General. <laughs> and my mom's a card person. She loves sending out cards. And, you know, it's like a magnet. She walks into a place and she just goes to the card section <laughs> and draws her. Does anybody know what I'm talking about here? Anybody card people out here? Anyway, okay, praise God. And so, 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 it, so the third kind of love that we're talking about is philea love. And, and that's not being filet, No, it's uh, a <laughs> phileo, maybe phileo. But anyway, um, some say potato, some say potato, phileo, phileo, <laughs> whatever. But anyway, and this third kind of love is, is a friendship kind of love. And this kind of love, it, it, it has to be developed, and I, I I believe that the, the greatest ex, aspects of friendship love is three three keys sacrifice faithfulness and perseverance. You know Moses was called a friend of God. Amen. In Hebrews three five it says And Moses' need was faithful to his house, a servant for a testimony to those things which would be spoken afterwards. So I'm going to say this that 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 friendship kind of love we uh you know it has to go beyond just uh just having a personality that clicks with another person amen it has to go beyond that in other words you got to see the best in the person even though there may be some qualities that may not be too good not everybody's going to be perfect but you've got to see past that. And I, and I believe that, that, that uh, the, the key to being a friend is to be faithful. And, you know, that is part of the, you know, when I'm talking about walking in love, because I talked about this at the first of the uh, series, is that, you know, we want to walk in the fruit of the Spirit. Amen. And when we walk in the fruit of the Spirit, or when we walk in, in the Spirit, there's no law. In other words, we're walking under the grace umbrella. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And so as we walk under that grace, and then there's nothing that the enemy that can can do that can come against us because we're walking in love and we're walking in joy and we're walking in peace and we're walking in all the attributes of the fruit of the Spirit. And so here, faithfulness is part of that fruit of the the Spirit. The Bible says who can find a faithful person? And you know, it it takes you know, and, and I'm just so thankful that we have faithful people in this church. I'm so thankful that we have people, and being faithful is is doing, you can count on somebody doing the same thing over and over again without throwing in the towel, without quitting. And I'm telling you, the Bible says in in Proverbs that a faithful man shall abound with blessings. Amen. I was thinking about, there's so many stories in the Bible about faithfulness. You know, Noah was faithful to building the, the ark. You know, he didn't quit in the middle of the ark. He didn't say it was too hard. He didn't say, I forget about it. It's just too much work. You know, the ark took 100 years to build. And Noah, you know, maintained his faithfulness and built the ark and saved humanity and the animals. And so faithfulness is not just starting something, but, but going to the nth degree to complete something. Faithfulness is sticking with it no matter what the obstacles are. Oh, Faithfulness is, 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 a, is a tenacious spirit that keeps going and going and going like the Energizer Bunny. Yes. Yes. T- You've got to be tenacious. you got to stay faithful. And a faithful man will abound in blessings. Joseph what, what was a faithful man. And, and what kept him going was the dream was the vision that kept him going when, when when things just didn't look right you know he started off great he had the coat of many colors he had his, the he had his father's favor on his life and you know, then he got thrown in the pit, and then he got sold and in, sold into slavery. And then he he, re, he was risen up in Potiphar's house, and he was doing uh, he was doing great. He was faithful to Potiphar, and then the and then the temptation came to be unfaithful, and 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 Potiphar's wife tried to come on to Joseph, and Joseph said, "I can't do this." Why? Because the vision was bigger. What God had placed on the inside of Joseph was bigger than than, than a one night fling. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? And when we get to God, close to God and we walk with God and God starts revealing truth to us, I'm telling you, you, never, you once you get in that type of relationship, you never want to leave that type of relationship when you have a relationship like that with God. And Joseph had that type of relationship. And even though he did the right things, the wrong things seem to keep happening. I mean, some of you in here, you're trying to do the right things. You're tithing, you're giving, you're giving of yourself, but you're not seeing too much come back. Hey! Hey, payday hasn't come yet, but it will come. Praise God. I'll God not, may not pay every Saturday, but He will pay out, and He pays out rich dividends. Don't grow weary in well doing. You keep pressing in until you see the promise. You know, you know, our promise just doesn't come just by just by believing God. Yes, we got to believe God, but it says it says the promise of God comes by faith and patience. The promises of God come through faith and perseverance, patience. It's going to take a process of time before we, we see a lot of return on, on our investment. Amen. 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 A process it took Jesus three and a half years. He poured into his disciples, he poured in you know years of discipleship before they be- could become the men that th- that God called them to be And so we look at Joseph and it paid off rich dividends because finally Joseph was was number two in command uh, of the uh, of Egypt. He was the prime minister. And I'm telling you, he was a powerful man of God. But he stayed faithful in the in Potiphar's house. He stayed faithful in the prison and he stayed faithful to his call. And God raised up Elijah and. Uh, Elijah with the J and Elisha with the S, you know Elijah wasn't the easiest man to get along with. As I studied the story of them walking together, there was one point where where Eli, you know the Elijah, uh, Elijah with the J said, "Why don't you go somewhere else? <laughs> Why don't you leave me alone?" And Elijah with the S said, "No, I'm not going to leave you. Why? Because he wanted something. What did he want? He wanted that anointing." He wanted the grace of God on his life. You know, he wanted, he, wanted, he wanted to walk in. And what he wanted was a double portion. And guess what? You know, he, you know he, I know he had a revelation. And, and even Elijah said, well, if you are here when God takes me, you'll get what you want. In other words, God has great blessings for each one of us. But we have to maintain a... See, see listen... Being faithful is more than just doing the job. There's an attitude in faithfulness that goes with it. In other words, the Bible says that God loves a grumbling giver. No, God loves a cheerful giver. So so, so there's an attitude in our faithfulness that we have to connect with to walk in the blessings of God. What? The willingness and obedience. And so faithfulness goes more, more than just beyond doing the job. How is our attitude in doing the job? Okay, pastor, you're really preaching today. Because you can say, oh, I'm just struggling. It's my cross to bear. I just, you know, I'm sucking it up for the Lord. Oh, I really hate it. But, you know, maybe it'll pay off someday. And that's not how we should be serving God. Amen. We should be thankful For for God, you know, I need to be thankful that God has placed me in the ministry, even though I haven't seen everything that I believe that God wants to do in this church. I need to stay thankful that that God saw me and, and, and he picked me to do the job. I mean, I could be working at Burger King right now. Nothing wrong with working at Burger King and I'm not putting anybody down that works at Burger King, but I could be working a job that may not be uh, as glorifying as, as 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 pastoring a church full of loving, kind, faithful people Praise God. Amen. amen and so we look at that you know as I close here, I think about uh, one of the most faithful people uh of course, Jesus is called, you know, he, he's, he's one of the most faithful. I don't know if there's anybody more faithful than Jesus. He's coming back and on his thigh, uh, we'll say, uh, on his thigh is written, faithful and true. God's faithful, people. And even though things might seem to be hindered, even though some things might seem to be locked up, even though some doors might seem to be closed, God's moving. He's moving in the unseen realm. And He is opening some doors. And some doors may have closed for you this year, but I'm telling you, when one door closes, another door opens. Listen, when, when Ruth... And uh, Naomi, when they traveled, Ruth was uh, Naomi's daughter-in-law. And when when Naomi, they traveled outside their city, and 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 Naomi was married and had two sons. And I believe it was just one year he, she lost her husband and lost two sons, and she had two daughter-in-laws, and they had no children, and they were in a in a bad place, and and she didn't have any means of support. And, you know, Ruth said, I'm going to stay with you, Naomi. I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm going to be with you no matter what. And Naomi tried to tell her to go back to her own hometown. She told her, the other daughter-in-law, go back. You're, you're young. You can get married. And and, and that one did. She, she left. But Ruth said, no, I'm going to stay. I, I'm not going to leave you because you don't have anybody. You're a widow. You lost your husband. You, you don't have you. You know, and, and Naomi, you know, in her mind, she just thought that God was punishing her for some reason. She said, just call my name Mara. God has, has dealt you know, wrong to me. God has dealt bitterly towards me. And so she actually changed her name. You know, you don't want to change your name. Naomi is the name that's blessed. Naomi couldn't see the blessing of Ruth being in her life. They came back to the hometown. And Ruth, you know, at that time, they would, uh, the fields, they would have fields. And the the dirt poor could, could gleam off the fields. Ruth was gleaming food off the fields. And, and guess who was there that w- had owned the field? It was Boaz. Boaz, ladies, somebody say Boaz. I mean, that's a a man's name, Boaz. Think about that, Boaz, the wealthy landowner. And he started noticing Ruth, and Ruth was a Moabite woman. She really didn't have a covenant, but only through the marriage of of Naomi's son, that the only covenant that she had. But she was a Moabitess woman, and and she really didn't have a covenant with a, with. She wasn't an Israelite, but you know what? Even though she didn't really truly have a covenant, but through the marriage. Of Naomi's son, uh, Boaz took a notice of her and started dropping more wheat her way. And guess what? See, listen. You, you, you may not, you may not have grew up in the right family. You you may have, you may not have the education. You may not have some of these things. Glory to God. But if you have the grace and the anointing of God, then you got everything. Hallelujah. Are you hear what I'm saying? Yes. And faithfulness will draw in the grace and the anointing of God. And i will tell you, these two ladies had nothing, and then till they encountered Boaz, and Boaz ended up marrying Ruth. And guess what? Yes. Naomi got got her got into a big house. Yes. Glory to God, yes. the the mother in law suite. Yes. Both ladies were taken care of real well. Why? Faithfulness. And the reason why he noticed, Boaz noticed her, because he heard the story that Ruth was a young woman that could have went back home and could have got a man for herself. But she decided to stay because she was faithful. And I'm telling you, men, men are, ladies, let me just say this. Men are looking for faithful women. And women, you're looking for faithful men. And faithfulness is a key ingredient, I'm telling you, that will draw the blessings, will draw the grace, will, will draw the, I'm telling you, will draw God straight to you. Amen. And when you walk in faithfulness, when, when people aren't doing right, but you still keep walking in love towards the people, and you keep doing the right things, I'm telling you, it will turn around. Amen. Do you believe that today? Yes. Somebody say, I'm a faithful person. I'm a faithful person. Because God is helping me to be faithful. faithful. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we honor you today. And we just thank you for your mercies, for your goodness, and for your love. And I thank you, Father God, for these faithful people. And Father, I thank you, Lord God, for all those that are here. Perhaps you're visiting today. Maybe you're watching online. Well, today's the day of salvation. And if you've never made a decision... To walk with Christ, or maybe you walked with Him, but you're not walking with Him right now. Now is the day. Today's the day of salvation. Are you ready to move forward with God? Just say this after me, meaning your heart. Say, Dear God, I believe, Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Jesus, I receive you today as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.